Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, as ever, and as ever, this is Marek Larwood. Hello there, and also we're joined today by a very frisky Buddy the Dog. You can probably hear him breathing heavily there. Half of the heavy breathing is coming from him, the other half is from me. It's uh, it's an erotic experience for me, sandwiched between the two of you. Well, not literally. Not literally sandwiched. Can you literally be sandwiched? Is it not always a metaphor? Literally, it's one of the words I've been using too much. Oh. As well as essentially, and as well as like. And virtually. And virtually. every And actually. Every time I say those words, you're allowed to come up to me in the street, and you're allowed to put one punch in the face. Wow. Or if you want to play the Film Fandango drinking game, whenever you say virtually, actually, or uh, essentially, then you, you drink. I was on the bus listening to... Um, not of uh, my own choice. I had to listen to two loud teenagers. Yeah, and the like saying "like" count has gone up. It, How to the much point, are we talking now? Every single, every other word was like. It's awful. I mean that. Is, I mean, yeah, it's obnoxious. They'll grow out of it. Though, no, right? but you can't. But I've started saying it. it's started to spread. The word like there's someone said a virus. Uh, yes, I think it is a virus. It's so, like uh, raising um, your inflection at the end of your sentence. It's like that. It can be really catching. And, and they say do that and like. This is that the English language is gradually eroding. Well, it's just a, it's a new virus. There used, used to be a virus and it's still prevalent along a, amongst a load of people, uh, forgive me for swearing, of basically saying the word fuck every three but words. That's, that's become... You know where... There's a thing, I used to be, um, sorry it's not film related, but I used to be uh, a foreign language teacher, uh, taught English as a foreign language, you know, a TEFL thing, which is what you do when you can't get a normal job over here and your work as an actor. And the word, the f- fuck, sorry to our nine-year-old listener, is the most uh, flexible word in English language. It can be noun, verb, adverb, yeah. um, and also other things which I've completely forgotten. Um, yeah, but like it's just used to. Well, to bring it back to films, yes. ever so briefly. Do you remember in the seventies and eighties where it became almost a cliche, a convention of structure that you'd save the word "fuck" to be said once in the final act to show just how much a character was passionate about something. Yeah, and then Tarantino changed the rules on that one. 
Was it him? Well, he was part of a trend, probably. Mm, Certainly uses it a hell of a lot. A lot of the... um... He legitimised it by having films that were good art saying fuck all the time. Things like Goodfellas and stuff, a lot of Italian mobster films. Yeah, Scorsese's probably to blame as well. Well, to blame is whether you think it's a problem. But certainly I remember it being used rather sparingly previously. I don't notice it as much now. I'm more offended by the word like than the F-bomb. Hey, but we're not here to talk about swear words. No. We're here to talk about films. Now, I've pretty much been to cinema every week for the last two years or seen something uh, on uh, Payers Demand that's been new release. I think this week has been the worst week for cinema in the last two years. What's come out? Well, the things on the cinema, which I didn't see. The Other Woman... What's that? That Cameron Diaz thing. That's a Cameron Diaz uh, comedy, which I looked. Or I'm just guessing it's awful because it seems like every one of her comedies. The Love Punch, <laughs> which is Emma Thompson and Pierce Brosnan Tiffany Timothy Spall trying to buy the Grey Pound. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Not interested in Noah. I oh, was not interested in any of these films. Has so Pompeii come out yet? No. And has that not? Okay. My local cinema didn't have any good films, so I just stayed. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to watch. I'm going to buy something online that that was supposed to be quite good. This was featured in the top ten of the National Board of Review or something, which is the American pick up the top ten films of the year. Mm-hmm. It was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Okay, so what I know about this is, is a Ben Stiller film that had a very very odd trailer campaign. I remember of I, him begging you to watch the film. It was, yeah, I and talked about it before. Him and Christian trailer. Wieg, wasn't it? Uh, sort of supposed to be sort of kooky uh, romance about a man who lives inside his own head too much. Oh yeah, that... I'll tell you about it now. So Go the on, secret man. life of Walter to, uh, Mitty. It's about um... <laughs> take Matt out. <laughs> I want to say that uh, it's based on a fictional uh, book. I think a quite a famous fictional book. It's more famous in America than it is here. But Walter Mitty is a fictional character, someone who uh, I've not read the books of a guy who used to have his um, fantasies. Not erotic, but just doing um, weird things. So mm. it's a re- sort of remake of that, with Ben Stiller playing the lead, uh, Christian Vig, who you all know from Bridesmaids, who's sort of quite in vogue as a new comedy woman, plays his love interest. And it is how would I describe it? I, I would best describe it as a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had an inkling it was going to be a load of shit by the fact that. There was a desperation to the publicity campaign. And it's sort of... It came out ages ago and it's still sort of dribbling out. It's still it came sort of over, all over. It came out on Boxing Day, I think, in the UK. Really? That long ago? Yeah. And um, the advertising campaign was really... was the oddest trailer because it was, like you said, Ben Siddharth just almost begging like he's got making a Kickstarter film to go and mm. see this film. I think he's one of the producers of it. Um, it feels... As you can tell by the sirens, we're not at my house. We're back in, in David's house in Camden. Crime City. <laughs> um, it it felt like a to- totally cynical, in the way that, that bank adverts, for those of you listening outside of um, uh, Britain, bank adverts now have seized upon playing this sort of um, whimsical, nice music that they're not threatening. And yeah. they're, they're trying to be your friendly and everything's warm and cosy. And lots of, of sweeping shots through the sky. And lots stuff. of green landscapes and happy characters uh, trying to make out they're really there for you. Uh, this felt like a film that was made 
by the cynical advertising people about what you want. And it was had no depth to it. It was you only enjoy this film, I think, if you had a lobotomy or fourteen year, years old. It was saying, "Oh, hey, Ben Stiller plays a geeky bloke. So by geeky, he's wearing." I might give away a few more spoilers than usual because it has been out for a while. Um, by geeky, Ben Stiller's wearing a tie. That means geeky, and he's yeah. a bit of a loser. And he works for Life Magazine. And he what a loser! And well, is, yeah, he's a loser who works in life making. It doesn't really fit in, and he's got a huge job there. Like the, yeah. he's in charge of the, the photo department. Prick. So, yeah. So what photos in Life magazine? Yeah. Well, the most no one buys Life magazine for the photos. They've stopped doing it, but this is this is um it's on online now. But this is when it was a magazine. Okay. Um. So he's a bit of a loser doing the job. That doesn't fit. That's one of the one of the I, I think there are more implausible bits to the whole story than plausible bits in this whole film okay um, he's in love with um, uh, Kristen Kirsten uh, Kristen Wieg, Wieg uh, and so and she's also on eHarmony so rather than saying that his love interest is on a dating website specifically eHarmony, e-harmony. And, and he even has a phone call in a relationship with someone who works for eHarmony I'm not even saying eHarmony as many times as eHarmony is mentioned in this film, which no doubt was sponsored by eHarmony. I mean, it's, it's more important that we say eHarmony than actually to deal with the plop of the f- plop, which is in <laughs> the a plop of the film. That's quite Freudian. Um, and not only that, but he used to work for a pizza chain. Can you guess what pizza chain? Domino's? No, Papa John's. Okay. Papa John's pizza chain. I mean, if you did work for Papa John's pizza chain, if I worked for a, when I worked for a restaurant for a, when I was a teenager, I don't normally mention the name of it. Yeah. But if I did work for Papa John's, I'd definitely mention Papa John's quite a lot and have Papa John's in the background wow. as well as eHarmony. That is a bit what it's like, this film. So why has Ben Stiller struggled to get this film financed so much that he has to have done so much product placement? It, there's product placement in it and it is um, so sickly sweet and... It's, pa- it's patronising. The cinematography is good. Some shots are beautiful. But there's no plot. It just almost seems like a vanity project. of This guy who's a loser because he wears a tie. And someone else... T- these bad guys with beards take over Life magazine. He decides to go on a life adventure. And then... Hang on, d- bad guys with beards? Are we talking sort of terrorists? No, like it's die just... Or just evil really, lawyers? Evil lawyers, sort of marketing people, take over Life magazine. They've all got really bad beards and they're all two-dimensional and not really that funny. Uh, so they're so evil that... And Ben Stiller's so pathetic with his fantasies and so naive that you sort of be on his side. I mean, he's almost retarded. <laughs> and yet he's got this really important job looking after this... Uh, um, the photos in the magazine and one of the photos goes missing so he tries to track down the photographer who's, um, who, on, who's going on a ridiculous missing uh, mission somewhere right I mean rather than just phone him up or find out where he's going yeah you'd have to check the email that he sent it yeah, to yeah, him yeah. In. don't do that just go off okay just go off to Greenland and just guess what's Kristen Wiig's job her job is to be um, really two dimensional <laughs> And smile, and I wish I was paid to do that. And fall in love with Ben Stiller, even though he's given her no grounds to fall in love with him. It's very common that trope, isn't it? Of yeah. just uh, the romantic interest really is an idiot. Like they they love you despite of your personality. He's a nothing, <laughs> nothing to charm at all. <clears throat> I'll have you know that's very much not the case in real life. But he's having a good old scratch in the background. Good old scratch. And there's one bit when he goes. Um, I'm just going to talk about this film because uh, I'm hoping that no one watches it. 
there's one bit when uh, he goes to Greenland uh, and a volcano erupts. Right. Uh, before that, um, he is, is, they want to somehow get a skateboard into the plot. <laughs> so in his bag, he's got a Stretch Armstrong, which is a cuddly uh, toy that stretches for no reason. Yeah. And just a, unrelated, he sees some kids playing on, on a huge uh, sort of designer, really expensive skateboard outside a uh, hotel he's at. And he offers them to swap a used toy retain in about £30, maybe $40 at the most, for a top-of-the-line sort of longboard skateboard. Just, uh, do you want to swap this skateboard with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll swap, I'll swap my really expensive skateboard for a stretchy... <laughs> stretchy Yeah, stretchy plastic toy. That's a toy at best for dogs and at worst for, like, five-year-olds. If your parents found out that you'd swapped that with some, some bloke who'd swapped uh, a toy... For something that's worth about two hundred times in value of that, they go mental. It's, it's pretty much stealing, but that's not mentioned. It's just that is how lazy the plot uh, lines are in this film. So, what is is this skateboard for product placement or for a no, really lazy just, attempt at adventure? It's attempt at adventure. Okay. Um, do you know what? Just watch an E Harmony advert, and then watch a um, Papa John's advert, and then. Get someone really patronising to describe a love story to you. That that is pretty much it. It looks um, it looks really nice. Though. It's shot really well. Well, it turns out there's a lot of good cinematographers out there, and not very many people who can tell a good story. I don't understand this. I don't I sort of understand this film. Um, Who's it for? Do you reckon? I think it's for Ben. It feels like it's for Ben Stiller's ego. <laughs> He used to be great, though, didn't he? I mm. mean, I I was a big fan of something about Mary. Zoolander's wonderful. You know, he, he was sort of an interesting, quirky comics um, lead role, wasn't he? And I mean, I didn't enjoy Tropic Thunder that much at all. I thought that felt like a vanity project. Yeah, really. It didn't I... feel very funny. Um, apart from Robert Downey Jr., who was fun, but not, not as great as everyone said, Jack Black was just tedious in it. And maybe I'm, I'm just becoming old and cynical. I do realise that, and I'm probably been I'm probably filmed out. Um, but you should I, take a holiday from films. I need to take a break from films and just go and read some uh, read some books and yeah, watch you know, some watch, plays. Yeah, go and see some plays. Well, maybe film from Dango should be about plays for a week. Please bear in mind, I I, I do hate everything, <laughs> but. It's not. As, it's probably not as bad as I'm making out. I just thought it was lazy. If you want something mindless and unenjoyable, but it felt like it felt as though people saying like it felt as though it was made as an advert. I can't believe they lost money on it because it's just so much, so much placement. And the message. I didn't like the message. The message was, oh, I've lost my job. Why not go on an adventure and go on a holiday and go to a really exotic place at the last minute? Let's go and do that. In reality, if you lose your job, your skin. You, you don't worry, have any money. You yeah. don't have any money. You're worried about where you're going to live. You can't afford to buy them anyway because house prices are absolutely ridiculous and just don't buy... Just go on holiday, mate. What's, what are you complaining about? Go, go on Just holiday. go on a really expensive adventure holiday. Get a flight to Greenland. How much? What, last minute one? That's about £2,000. God, just live your dreams, mate, yeah? yeah. Just live your dreams. <laughs> and the improved Ben Stiller is him coming back, having a bit of a tan, <laughs> wearing better clothes. So even though he's got no money, he's wearing sort of 
just sort of but designer hoodies and like sort of all saints really nice tight fitting <laughs> trendy not like if you were unemployed yeah. you would start wearing all your shit clothes that are really old you not haven't like, got any made to pay. he ran out of cash somewhere in the middle of Tibet and that <laughs> I would love to see the real story of someone tries to live the life of Walter Mitty quitting their job and going travelling with no money and see how they end up you know selling a kidney getting bum bum by some <laughs> Oh, bums in the kidney hole. Bum, bum by some Russians in a boat in the in the in the um, Arctic Sea. Oh, man, that's what would happen to I me. I don't want to see that film. Bum boat. It would be called the real the real life of Walter Mitty. Um, or oh, bum boat, yeah. Bum boat. Colon bum boat. Colon boat. The real <laughs> life of Walter Mitty. Mitty colon bum boat. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean. It's probably not going to get made now because Walter Mitty's been made. I mean, but uh... I just, I just feel, and I don't know whether it's getting me getting older. Oh, it is partly that, and watching TV and watching these films is that a lot of it is catered for really stupid people. And I don't think in the eighties, I think there were sort of mainstream films. But things like Ghostbusters, Gremlins, and you know all the sort of cool eighties films mm. had a little were a oh, bit more tongue in cheek and a bit more. But there's plenty aware. of stupid people to enjoy, but it wasn't exclusively pandering to how they imagined stupid people would react. Generally, it was like there's enough here for stupid people to enjoy themselves, but people who aren't stupid will like it as well. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying I'm I, I am stupid. I admit that I'm not saying more intelligent I think it's this patronising I think everything's being dumbed down yeah and it's scary and it is true you can say you're being a snob and being cynical about it but it's just the amount of films I go and see in the cinema I just think god I'm not a fucking but idiot it's not it's not quite as simple as being dumbed down I think it's a lack of sophistication with the plot and sophistication isn't something that is only the intelligentsia would appreciate I'm, I'm talking about a well told uh, well crafted story where as if you just fill it full of cliches sort of echoes of burps of things that you've consumed before mm. it's not going to be good for anyone you know you recognise it and it's familiar but it's not actually any good it's never going to endure it's, it's a, not going to endure for stupid people or clever that's people. the problem is that there's no I think speaking to my friend um Paul, who off, uh, who's a filmmaker who's been on the show, um, uh, Paul Allen, and uh, he's writing in his next. He did one film we reviewed ages ago, um, and he's doing his next film now. Writing it, talking about writing things. Yeah, and it's really hard not to write a two-dimensional villain, a two-dimensional because no character is purely. It, it seems when you try and write a film, the the terrible films have one central character and it's just what they want to have their motivations and their and everyone there is to serve their story rather than our real characters yeah Yeah. and it's quite difficult to have and but it's also on the flip side of that if your movie is going to be under two hours or just over you can't have everyone being as three-dimensional as your protagonist because then you've got protagonist issues because you're spending as much time with the secondary characters as you are with the first. So the the balancing act of that takes... It's a real art. And that's why box sets have probably become so much more popular. Yeah, you've got so much time. Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, where you've got... Admittedly, some characters are two-dimensional, but there are so many. Well, if you look back at sort of one of the... uh, You know, possibly the... Uh, certainly a big uh, 
exponent of where we've gone with box sets. Band of Brothers was a huge deal in terms of I changing the model of that. things. Well, it's wonderful because it, it cost a lot and it was very well written, but every episode followed another one of the characters and gave them a story. They were a character who were around in the first episode and second and third as a secondary character, and then they became protagonist for the next one. Mm. So by the end of the series, you knew everyone so well. Um, It's good to have complicated characters. I mean, Walt White from Breaking Bad is a classic example of someone who maybe wouldn't... He's not considered... He's your, you know, anti-hero, and also any changes in his... his, and you see the circle of characters yeah. around him make it all more interesting. Similarly, in Game of Thrones, I don't know if people watch box sets, Tyrion, who's um, played by Peter Dinklage, is wonderful because he's not conventionally sort of good. Yeah. He, but, but there must be stories that are best suited to a cinematic 90-minute to two-and-a-half-hour format rather than spending, you know, 20 hours with these people. You know, there must be those st- stories that fit that time scale. You know, an event movie. I mean, of course there are. We've watched movies that are fantastic before. They wouldn't warrant being a mini series. But it seems at the moment that there's a lot of production of very good TV shows, and far fewer well-told cinematic stories. Um, I have to say, while we're talking, David is grooming um, <laughs> Buddy with a Furminator. Yeah, uh, grooming in terms of uh, getting rid of his uh, molting hair, not not trying to attract him on the internet. To be honest, I mean, Buddy is very forthcoming, so he wouldn't even need much. <laughs> no, um, it calms him down and stops him what, scrabbling at the windows, wanting to leave and barking at other dogs. So yeah, he, he likes, just like, I mean, I can do it to your back hair if you want. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, so, I walked the Secret Light of Walter Mitty. I'd be interested to know your thoughts. Okay. I give it three three or four four's too generous three Marics hey you've got to use those first three Marics for something three Marics I give it okay um, let us I'm interested to see what people if, if it's just one of the films maybe I caught in a bad mood I get the feeling nobody went to see it just from you know I've not heard anyone talk about it yeah, but um, it was a weird release. Time interesting. As well. Yeah, I mean, it's very odd. I thought the trailer gave far too much away as well. It felt like you'd seen the whole thing and you didn't want to go through it now. Yeah, it's nothing. It's special. Maybe a son. If you're really, really bored and you need something uplifting, if you're about to go travelling, maybe you can watch this. This will get you in the mood. Um, did uh, is the soundtrack a lady with a some sort of ukulele or a... no? It's things. That it's just just popular songs that you what Katy, everything, Pe- Katy Perry everything in it f- feels as though it's picked because it's, it's someone's imagined they trying to try to think of what they think people think is cool yeah rather than they're writing it out of personal experience yes I don't know if I'm being too I want to watch this now just so I can uh, hate it with you I think um I don't like films that seize that ground of trying to be like Richard Curtis in later Richard Curtis is guilty of just trying to automatically thinking they've got your uh, films automatically thinking they've got um, your respect in that field already just purely from the their previous films you know what I mean yeah well that, his previous films were fantastic and I love the fact there is now an online Richard Curtis backlash against his idea of romantic love of basically being 
a stalker is what he thinks well, love I is. Did, I, the last one, a time to one, didn't like, but I, I loved um, you know, four weddings, Notting Hill. I even like Love Actually. Well, Love Actually is the one that people are attacking. <laughs> but you, I don't like his latest ones. I haven't seen the Break the Rock though because that looks. Well, like the, a load. you can't watch it anymore. Was it everyone been, been destroyed? Well, no, I no, I um. I think actually it's something Adam and Joe touched upon, but it's um, it's it's basically a creepy seventies DJ boat. Is what oh, it really? is, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just young girls going on a boat filled with old men DJs, and they lech on them. So I, it's never going to be shown on telly again, anyway. Um, that's a that's a film that will be forgotten by time. Um, so if you want to write in. How do people do it? I mean, we haven't had many letters for a while. We really enjoy getting our letters in. We do. If you'd like your letter read out in the podcast, then please email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com, about anything that's been on your mind about films, about a specific film you saw, or one you're looking forward to. Maybe you'd like to have a rant about remakes. Maybe you'd like to say remakes are the best thing ever. Whatever you want to do, really. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or if you're a bit, you know, you can't be bothered to uh, formulate whole paragraphs, then why not go to facebook.com uh, forward slash filmfandango and write on our wall, post something there. Maybe you want to post a link to a video or some cats dressed up as Han Solo. Who knows? Uh, that's uh, forward slash filmfandango. Or you can just, you know, abuse us in 140 characters on Twitter at filmfandango. Or personally, at Mr. David Reed or at Marit Larwood. Uh, well, that is nice. Oh, we have had something on our um, uh, Facebook wall. Uh, the other one we talked about, um, Philomena, mm. which is based upon the novel by um, Martin Sixsmith. Um, here's an email. I don't know if you want... Because you're a, a high-level reader than me, David, if you want to read I'm it. I'm on the red books. Yeah, it's from Simon Skoltok. I think he's a regular contributor. Skoltok! He's, um, th- he's written... Um, in <laughs> okay pick a voice for Simon Skulltop I would like you to read it as an evil villain he sounds a bit like that doesn't he uh, yeah definitely. I mean I keep on he must get that Skullcock thing mustn't he Skullcock uh, when you say Simon Skulltop it sounds yeah. a bit like that I'm sorry Skulltop so I imagine he a bit, he's a bit like Skeletor <laughs> Skeletor was sort of camp and um, and uh, RSC in the film there we go Okay. Um, Watcher David Merrick and Buddy, I have read The Lost Child of Philomena Lee, the Martin Sixsmith book. It's quite different from the film. Rather than following the journey of Martin and Philomena uncovering the identity and life of the missing son, Michael, it is a dramatised account of Michael's life based on the facts that Martin uncovered. Other than her story at the beginning, her time in the convent, which was in the film, Philomena isn't really in it until the end, and then only briefly. So it's mainly about Michael's sexuality and relationship, his rise in Regan's homophobic government. Regan, rather. Sorry, I didn't read ahead. Um, And the difficulty therein and his death from AIDS. There is also some dramatised stuff about a guy in Ireland who exposed the scandal of the baby selling by the the baby selling by the nuns. It's a good book. If the film had followed the book, it would have been an awful mawkish load of ass. 
And that is from Simon Skoltok. Thank you, Simon, for your message. Yes, I still haven't seen Philomena, but Marek, you have. Yeah, I, I, um, I think it's good. Yeah? <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. You can go back and find that. And also, any of our other podcasts on iTunes, and normally they label with what films we've seen at the start, yep. don't they? Yeah, Hey... Have you seen a blooming film at the cinema? You know what, Marek, I have. And you are going to be so disappointed with the, what it is. Was it an art film? Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't Rio 2. Was it a French film? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Oh, what was it? It was The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, yes. Yes! This has got one of the most uninspiring posters I've seen. Oh, I quite like the poster. Because he's upside down, isn't he? Well, maybe it's over his shoulder. Yeah. Maybe you should buy it and put it on your wall or something then. Oh, I do. I've got the bedspread. What, um, what's it about? Uh, okay, Sp- the Amazing Spider-Man rebooted Spider-Man with the origin story <laughs> last time. Andrew Garfield is now Spidey-Man um, with uh, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, his girlfriend. And uh, this one carries on the story. That Actually, yeah, there were some strands set up in that first one that they are carrying on in this one like it's a proper ongoing saga. But we've... Um, We've still got the mystery of who uh, the secrets behind who uh, Peter Parker's dad really was, and uh, the the ongoing relationship problems between Peter and Gwen Stacy. But there's a new monster in town. Oh no! Just when he thought things were going all right, they just were going all right, weren't they? And then bloody Jamie Fox turns up playing. It's interesting you were talking about Walter Mitty being a nerd by they put a tie on him. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx is basically playing Dwayne Dibley from Red Dwarf, if you've ever seen that. Danny John Jules is nerd character. He's got, oh, like, okay. buck teeth and uh, terrible hair. It sounds and... like Bowfinger. <laughs> it's basically, that's exactly what it is. He's playing Bowfinger, who, who uh, nobody likes him, and he's always ignored at work. He works at Oscorp and is a rather high-powered scientist who designed an incredibly elaborate electrical system, and yet they still treat him like a janitor. Um, he's not that badly treated, either. It's sort of a sanitised bullying that's going on with him. Anyway... To make sure he got the 12A certificate. I think so. Or they just weren't creative enough. But um, in the opening sort of action sequence, Spider-Man saves his life when something else, someone else is rampaging around with a gun. And he becomes obsessed with Spider-Man thinking they're best friends. He's a sort of lonely they're psychopath. Are they? No, he, he he doesn't even remember his name next time he sees him. That's what they're like, these superheroes. So fickle. But... Uh, late one night, uh, Jamie Foxx falls into a vat of electric eels and turns into Electro. Uh, yeah. I wonder what would happen if they if obscure deaths did actually lead to you becoming a superhero. You know, they've got the Darwin Awards, people who died in stupid ways. Yeah. If rather than dying, they became sort of massive, you know, people get huge... Uh, like so everyone, who, gr- everyone who's been killed by a shark is like Shark Man. Uh just the first There'll be a lot of shark the men about. The first person. <laughs> the first one, the others. If you have a not really so unusual, lucky. if you're the first person to have an unusual death, you become a superhero. So Princess Diana would become Princess Tunnel. She wouldn't be that because <laughs> she wouldn't be the first person to die in a tunnel. Oh, okay. Right, you're talking really obscure deaths here. Yeah, they'd have to be involving some sort of monster as well. Yeah. Well, this. But Electro is a ridiculous character. He he actually sort of evolves into a being of pure energy, 
who can just turn into... Is it done in CGI and just a bit rubbish? Wholly CGI, yes. It's uh, The CGI, you know, it's good, but it's glossy. This is the style they've gone for. Everything's a bit dark, but it's sort of... It's almost neon, where the, the blacks are really black and the colours are really colourful, you know. They, it, they've... And, and that is my main problem with, with this. I mean... Your, your uh, problems with superhero films aside, you know, if they're a good story, I like them. I like an adventure. I like a, you know. Mark Webb is the director of this one. He directed the previous one as well. He's very good, I think, at the relationship stuff. It's a good name for a director of Spider Man, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, yeah. Um, and the stuff with Gwen, Gwen Stacy and uh, Peter Parker is very good, and it sort of um, feels slightly. Um, ad-lib dialogue and it feels very natural and you feel like you know them very well and then it breaks to have basically a cartoon action sequence for the next bit where uh, Spider-Man is wisecracking and uh, and uh, st- telling jokes which is straight out of the comics that's what pe- kids liked about him and then it goes back to him being a guy with immense emotional problems and he's actually really unhappy and then he goes back to wisecracking and flying around all over the place like a cartoon and the two for me don't really sounds like it should be mesh. Bipolar man, not Spider Man. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. How do you rate Garfield compared to um, Tobey Maguire? I prefer him. I think he's. Uh, I mean, Tobey Maguire, I've always found a bit off-putting. Well, he has a weird sort of Google-eyed smile. He's he's got a face like he's trying to um, he's trying to eke out a small fart without you noticing. Yeah, it looks like his face is made of clay. Yeah, just he's got an odd facial expression. It's like, yeah, it's like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Bit startled. Human, yeah. Uh, Andrew Garfield is better. Like he's he's a good Peter Parker, I think. I just don't find the character that interesting. You know, he's a, mm. he's a kid. I, I, it's so not Pete, like, that's the thing. Peter Parker's always a kid in these things. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the he's comic, sixteen in the comics. Is he? Yeah, yeah. I always thought he was older. No, that that his whole thing is that he's a teenager. I mean, that's. Spider Man. Oh, he lives with Aunt May. He lives it? with his aunt uh, because his parents died because he did not take responsibility for his own actions. Blah blah blah. I read the original Spider Man comics, uh, but the whole you can get batches of the comics, can't you? Yeah. Marvel released of like big compendiums, so I think the first two Spider Man ones are really good, really funny. Yeah. Well, that that's what people that's what they're trying to capture. You see, but I don't think that meshes necessarily with the the whole Dark Knight approach to superhero films that yeah. everything's gone where that, and that's what I'm saying about there's a mismatch the the dark sort of properly emotionally in, in uh, you know there's a, a kind of depth I mean we're not talking any great uh, new stories being told between Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker but it's at least engaging and interesting on a real way it's shot like it's you know it's it's beautifully shot rather than excitingly shot, but that doesn't make for a wisecracking superhero. That, that that's in the wrong genre, I think. You know, it feels like Sp- Spider Man would be better off being in a film like Thor or um, or he Iron Man. Will one be, of those he probably will be soon. Well, it's interesting you say that. There is a sequence at the end of the uh, credits that it's not a spoiler because it's nothing to do with the film. You know, like with all of these, they in the Avengers ones, they had Samuel L. Jackson recruiting people as they went along and blah, blah, blah. At the end of this, um, there is what seems to be a teaser for a Mystique movie, as in Jennifer Lawrence. Now, what's oh, okay. interesting about that is that the X-Men films are being made by Fox and Spider-Man's made by Sony. So they seem to have teamed up 
to ad- uh, certainly at least to advertise each other's films within their films. So I don't know what's going on there. What superhero would you play out of all of them, do you think? Out of all the superheroes, I like Beast. I've always liked Beast. He's never been done well because um, he always just looks like a bloke with uh, fake blue fur glued to his face. Do you think you'd play Beast? No, I don't think I'd play him. I just like him. Who would like you play, him. though? Oh, God. I don't know. I'd probably boringly be Cyclops. People are always saying that to me. Cyclops? Yeah. He's he's the... The, the one with the laser eyes. The leader who's sort of a bit straight-edged and does the right thing. Yeah. Who I would you be? Cyclops as well. <laughs> I think who would you play? I don't know who I'd play. I think you I think you'd be quite a good Wolverine. You're quite you're quite cross. You've got a lot of pent up anger. Wolverine is um too uh too much of a I never play the main character, I'll be a sort of a weird one. You'd be a sidekick. Yeah. Um I'd be like dog shit man or something like that. Uh you could be uh Toad. I don't want to be Toby, but that's exactly who I get, the one who sticks to the wall. He sticks his, like yeah, he sticks his tongue out and stuff. Uh, you could be the blob. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't really like the way this uh, has gone, this... Um, they, don't, they don't tend to be bored. I'll be the Green Goblin. Okay, he, he actually makes an appearance in this one as well. I love the Green Goblin. He, he's done a lot better than the Willem Dafoe one as well, because everyone was disappointed with the Willem Dafoe one, because the perfect casting face, of Willem yeah. Dafoe... Who, who plays in this one? I'm afraid I don't know his name. He is the kid who goes mental in Chronicle. Did you ever see that? The um, oh, yes, found yes. footage superhero film. And so he's perfectly suited for this, really. Um, that strange sound is Buddy with his air bone. That is um, a squeaky toy. You can turn the squeaker off. So that's what you're hearing. Is the uh, Wow, that's what they've done. They've yeah, yeah. Squeaky toys, you, can turn the squ- you can turn it off. So has it ever been? Once you've turned off, does it ever get turned back on again? Uh, I haven't yet. <laughs> That's what happens. I bet there's. <laughs> it does sound like a furious sort of man lose getting angry. He really wants it to squeak. That's uh, what. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, listeners, but it does sound a bit like Wolverine psyching himself up before he gets into going into a fight. Yeah, I think you'd be Wolverine. I don't think you should uh, beat yourself up about this. I think you'd make an excellent Wolverine. You're sort of <laughs> hypnotised by I'm, the dog. I'm hypnotised by this weird sound. <laughs> by the non-squeaking, squeaky toy. Um, <laughs> and it's getting louder as well. Uh, with that in the background, um, how many damage would you give it? Uh, you know what? It's... For me, it's an identical film to the previous one, where uh, some of the human stuff is good. There's the zippy dialogue, and it works. And you, you, the characters, I think they've got stronger than some of these other superhero films. The baddies in this are so cliched and by the numbers in terms of their journey. They don't make any sense. They're not doing anything for any reason. We're just waiting for them to be defeated. There's no. They're. Stu- it's identical to Reese fans in the first one, who was very disappointing. Um, not not his performance, just the characters are. And uh, Jamie Foxx is exactly the same in this one. It feels like the villains are an afterthought. Like there's something that's also going on. Um, so I'd give it five, I think. Five or six. That's still quite high. Well, you know, it's it's Mark Webber's directed it very well. It's it, For me, it's... I don't <laughs> find... It's amazing. I, I don't find Spider-Man that interesting. 
I don't like teenagers with powers. I don't find that because Peter Parker never does anything a teenager would do with them. Why'd you go and watch these stupid superhero films? Anyway, I'm a, I'm a completist. I feel like I have to know about these things in it's order like to. It's my mum. She just. I said, "What are you reading? I'm reading this book. Tell me how to read. I don't even like it. It's like 500 pages long. Just give up on a book about 70 pages. You, you're condemning yourself to. A, that's even worse. My mum's even worse doing that. I'm a big X-Men fan uh, from the comics, so I uh, I sort of want to keep abreast of it all. I know it's pathetic. Um, you know, I do get a, a certain amount of enjoyment out of them as well. I like an adventure thing. I think they are getting better as well, slowly, these films. Mm. But, you know, I think Mark Webb's done a brilliant job. I think the cast are all great. I just think it's saturation. We're getting this story too many times because there's only so much deviation you can do from a superhero story. Mm. And for me, Peter Parker is less interesting because the interesting for me, the, the interesting thing for me about someone young and uh, immature getting powers... <laughs> So I'm just laughing at the, the squeaky toys there. Sam, sorry, carry on. Um, the interesting thing about someone emotionally immature getting powers would be their misuse of them, which is exactly what they do in Chronicle. But his whole uh, mantra is, with great power comes great responsibility, so he never misuses them. So I don't get what the point of him being a teenager is. I don't get okay. the character. Well, there's two pretty average films there this yeah. week. Um, next week, if you want, we've got, we're going to get a guest. Wait. Um, Rob Deering's going to come Mr. in. Mr. Rob Deering, who knows more about films than we do, so that'll be uh, good. And I think he's going to, if you want to watch uh, the film ahead of next week, I think he's going to bring in Midnight Run. The Robert De Niro film. So, uh, yes. And good. I'm going to pick a, a, a really, I'm going to pick a straight documentary to watch. Okay. For us to talk about next week. I'll have a look and see what's out there. All right. Well, I look forward to that. Um, we'll be back next week I'll tell you what if you want to help uh, with the funding of this podcast we do it for free to help pay for the hosting of the web online it really helps us out and helps us put it towards cinema tickets um, thank you all for all the people who have donated but um, if people who want to donate it's really appreciated yes um, uh, it really does help us to keep going with this uh, <laughs> if you'd like to donate um, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there and everyone who has Thank you very much. Great. Uh, well, that's a buddy's going absolutely mental. I think you better take it for a walk. It. Him, I said him. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Keep watching Watch the films. films. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.